We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. doing welcome to talk in buffalo part of the blue wire network it is very late on monday night this is talking buffalo take two um i'm joined by joe from queens we were recording a short time ago and dude i bought a brand quite literally out of the box on sunday a brand new laptop not a cheap one either it's got more memory more speed it's an i7 it's an i5 all these other technical things that I don't even know what the hell they're supposed to mean. So I thought that things would be easier. And as it turns out, it's been a nightmare so far. Uh, my video's flickering. If you happen to watch this on YouTube, you see the top of my video flickering a little bit. But like I said, I literally have my video does earlier. extreme close up sometimes and it comes back out. Like right now, it's on the close up <laughs> video. So it's eventually the, the camera's going to go back to a regular shot. So I, no, I'm going to back up a little yeah. bit so you guys don't see my nostril hairs. No, and... you're good, man. You're good. But anyway, sure. thank you. Thank you, everybody out there. Whether you're watching this video, whether you're listening to this in podcast form on Tuesday morning or sometime Tuesday, I appreciate you all. We're going to spend a the majority of today talking about day one of NFL legal tampering, the Bills, some significant news. They lose a uh, stud middle linebacker in Tremaine Evans. Well, maybe some people would call him a stud. Some people might have a difference of opinion. But anyway, Tremaine Evans goes to Chicago. So the Tremaine. I give him a second Edmonds. look if we're talking studs. Yeah, I give him a second look. All right. Well, the Tremaine Evans <laughs> era in, in Buffalo is now officially, we're well, unofficially because it won't be official to Wednesday, but it's over. So, you know, what are the Bills going to do next? Where do they go from here? We'll talk about that. Um, a guy that they have added. As we've taped this, and like I said, in take one, when we were doing this uh, a few minutes ago, I was telling you that a couple of years ago, I still got my Twitter open because even though it's late, it's almost, we're taping this now, it's almost 11 o'clock at night. It wasn't quite that late, but I had Greg Thompson on the show and like quite literally in the middle of the show, the Bills ended up trading for Stefan Diggs. So Brandon Bean's been known to do some work here late at night. And, you know, I got to look back at that episode. I can't even be, be, uh, blame Greg for, for getting excited, because so did I, because it just came out of nowhere. And, you know, it was like a big trade. When there's free agents, 
you kind of look at that list, you discuss them for weeks, but when it's a trade, it's not usually it's not a guy that you really spent much time thinking about. And Stefan Diggs was a pretty big name. So uh that was exciting. But anyway, plenty to talk about today. Buffalo Bills, NFL. Before we get to that, though, I know this weekend was your uh date anniversary. I saw that from stalking your Facebook, even though we're actually Facebook friends. But uh <laughs> what's up with your date anniversary? What'd you guys do? Nothing. No, we went to our, our, uh, <laughs> I, I, I talked, I mean, I gotta make this organic since we already went over this, but yes, we, we went to our first place we ever went to. I don't know if people primarily celebrate dataversaries. Like we have like a few, we have dataversary the day we officially, I was like, Hey, will you be my girlfriend? Go steady with me, whatever you want to call that. And then you have your wedding anniversary. <laughs> That's like the three tiers, like first and third you, for sure. Yeah, like the third. I mean, obviously, I th- like if you're ranking them, you know, I, will you be my girl's got to come last? You th- over date anniversary? You think? Oh, I think date first date. You only get one first date. Yeah, but asking you to go out is like more of like that's a serious thing. Like I'm gonna. Yeah, but you guys might break up. Then you might ask her out again. Well, that's I'm saying where we are now, though. We're obviously married. Like, yeah. is that, what's a bigger deal? Like. Oh, I officially, hey, do you want to like, I'm like, not is that or day anniversary? Hey, everybody operates differently. I'm not, I'm not knocking you. I don't think I've ever in my life celebrated or can even remember a, will you be my girl kind of date or anniversary. I've certainly remember first dates. Um, again, go, I can remember back to 1999, my girlfriend at the time or became my girlfriend future wife we went to melody fair in north tonawana a little ass uh music venue and saw lover boy and pat Benatar. lover boy by the way i love lover boy in the 80s a big rock dude man um they weren't as popular like ben halen or sticks or ariel speedwagon but lover boy was the shit in the 80s and of course pat Benatar in that little stage that kind of just circled ever so slowly if anybody out there watching or listening has ever been to uh Melody fair, but anyway, I I my point was I can remember my first date. I don't really remember anything being official. I feel like being official is like when you start having sex or something like that. Is that like an official date or something? (laughs) (laughs) Let's just be honest here. I mean that this is this is talking Buffalo after dark. No. (laughs) What if I were to tell you that the official first the the official will you be my lady became the first day we also had sex? So maybe that's there you go. Well, that's fair then. Just yeah. different interpretations. But, uh, how long did it take you thing? to ask her? How long did it take you to ask her out? Like to be like, will you be my exclusive? I know some people it, don't have that moment. Like maybe it just organically becomes like a thing. Whereas I think that's with what me it and was. my wife. Okay, because me and my wife, yeah. there was like we had a moment. Like we went down and we went to the park and like we talked and like it was impromptu. Like hey, let's go study. Like kind of like my that, my wife and I we met at well I was bartending and, and and we met at my bar and it, it took a long time actually we were friends for a while because I had a girlfriend at the time. In fact, I lived with the girl oh, at the time, geez. And, and she also and she had a boyfriend at the time. So it was just who broke about, who up? Did you break your, them up? Or no, she broke I don't you think guys I don't up? think I don't think either of us actually broke right, each other yeah, up. Sure, I mean, okay. we, we, dude, it was like. You were a bartender. I don't be trust honest. Ba- let me let me tell you. Don't something. trust Here's bartenders. Get- I agree with yes. you. Yes, I, I don't. I, trust I have always either. I have always said, do not trust. <laughs> do not trust strippers and do not trust bartenders. That's in fair. terms of intimate relations, do not trust those two people. Those t- types of people, you can't trust them. They don't, they're not into that's you. They, they need tips. Not that's, in, that's, that's it. Always I, avoid I, it. 
you know, it's funny. I was having a conversation with my daughter about this just this past weekend. And don't, don't bartend. If you're in a good relationship, don't bartend. Now, that's not to say there are some people who are in good, who bartend or in great you relationships. You bartend and you were married. You've been married for a thousand years. But the minority, it's a minority. The majority of people, and I've seen okay. so much shit behind the bar. Bartenders, that's a, you go into it saying, oh, nothing's going to ruin this relationship. That temptation's there, man. If you're a guy, you can even be ugly. You can be ugly like you or I, man. But if you're a bartender, chicks are going to like you. It's as it's simple as that. You're, you're the bartender. You got the power. You get them some drinks. You just have that perception. I'm telling you, I've seen it a million times. So you go in there and you got a nice, cute girlfriend or a nice, cute boyfriend with all the pure intentions. And before you know it, people are flirting with you and it gets to be a little bit much. And then maybe you're not doing anything wrong, but that person that you're with shows up at the bar and they see that and they get a little jealous. And then that'll lead to an argument. It's just, I've seen it a lot, man. It's just. Well, your 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 wife okay. didn't have to worry about other girls flirting with you because you're yes, an ugly bastard. Oh no, yeah, sure. She did. You she had to, okay, whatever, bro. Same though. She bartended too, so it was the same. Oh, it was God. a mutual thing. And my point was, right. our relationship probably got a hell of so a lot. So she better. was a bartender. Okay, I right, our relationship right. probably got a hell of a lot better when we neither of us were. <laughs> We're I always tell people, anymore. do you remember the show Cheers? Like Sam alone True. ended up being alone. So it's like, that's why the bar, you get, the bartenders are always going to end up being alone at the, at the end of the day. It's like, a party. Ended, sure. You know. Yeah. You end up alone. Right. It's a party. But like I said, yeah. anyway, that's a, yeah, but dataversary is really cool. It is. I think having a dataversary where you celebrate the day that you had your first date. That's cool. Obviously, I like it because we go to the same place. Like, I don't know how long I'm going to be going to the same place because it's in the neighborhood because eventually we do want to move to sure. like a shitty suburb at some point. So it'll be harder to probably come back to it. But we en I enjoy going there. We go to the same seat. We get the same drinks. You know, it's kind of a it's, you know, a fun thing. We're there and then we leave and that's it. And then we went to got we got southern food and that's it's it. Cool but, to, yeah. it's, cool, it's cool to have a place. It's cool to have yeah. a place, a, a go-to place. It's cool to have a go-to song. It's cool to have like maybe a go-to yeah, We don't movie. have a go-to song. I think we no. talked about that once. When we were planning our DJ music at our wedding, it was always a pain in the ass because, um, you know, you when you you have those songs, like I, I can only imagine like you and your wife, you had moments when you're at a bar, oh, this song came on and this yeah. song. When we met right afterwards, COVID hit. And so we never had those moments at the bar you know, because we got married like a year and a half later. We never had those moments at the bar where we can get drunk and listen to yeah. whatever Billy Idol. I fucking know. Like, we just didn't have that because, like, at that point, it was kind of... COVID. Yeah. yeah, COVID. Things were shut down. I mean, now it's pretty normal. Like, so I'm sure if we met now, we would have more... We went to bars. We could have a... Sure. It's kind of like high school kids. We could jam kids. out to Michael Jackson or whatever the hell. Sure. It's like know. high school kids who, you know, kind of got robbed of a lot of uh, social stuff sure. during high school during COVID. Anyway, it's what it is. I, I think it's pretty cool to have a a dataversary we're going to you know what i'm going to save it for the very end because i do want to dive into um some bills talk here because there's a lot of stuff this is one of the busiest weeks in the entire year for the bills for the nfl got something that i, I kind of want to get off my chest a little bit of a, a tribute to my sister i'm going to save that for the very end of this so stick around for that anyway we're taping this late monday legal tampering has started and in reality tampering starts at the combine every year so many people have told me that deals basically get done there they become unofficial on monday publicly and then official of course on wednesday when the league uh the league year officially starts um in terms of the bills 
before we get into Tremaine or anything else, we'll start with a an extension um, over the weekend. Matt Milano, Buffalo Bills linebacker, signed a two-year extension, so he'll be a Buffalo Bill contractually anyway through 2026. And very importantly, the move also cleared about uh, $6 million in cap room. I, I kind of want to get back to a question that I was talking to you about when we uh, were trying to take this the first go around here. In my opinion, and not counting Vaughn Miller, because Vaughn Miller is just a, a different animal. But that said, Vaughn Miller's only been a Buffalo Bill for a half season. He only played. I think at this point, Matt Milano on a, on a defense that's been filled with pretty big names, guys who have made Pro Bowls and all pros and have good reputations around the league. I think Matt Milano has emerged as the best defensive player on this team. Again, not named Vaughn Miller. That was recognized this year. He made the all-pro team, first-team all-pro, which I thought was awesome. And even going to that, uh, back to that Cincinnati Bengals humiliating, embarrassing playoff loss where pretty much nobody showed up. Matt Milano was one of maybe two or three guys that actually played very well. So Matt Milano extension, two more years, six million saved on the cap. A good player to have around with a couple of years of uncertainty coming up for quite frankly, Joe, with a lot of these guys whose contract could be coming up with stuff. What's your, what's your thoughts on Milano? You know, I feel he's the best bang for your buck draft pick they've had in terms of where he was selected Agreed. and what they did with him, you know, fifth rounder, uh, you know, he was not a, a part of Brandon Bean's uh, draft classes. It was Doug Whaley, Manos, and McDermott. And, uh, you know, he did a, you know, he's been a great player. He's been good, like, right out of the gates. That's kind of the interesting thing about him. Like, he was a good rookie. Then he got better. And the only thing that was, like, a hiccup I, I felt was, like, was injuries. Like, injuries yeah. kind of, like, were Durability. annoying. Yeah. But, like, he's always been a good player. That I think he really put it together really well this season. He made an all-pro, as you said. And he's been a, a really, a really great player. And I'm, you know, I, I mentioned this to you, I think on Facebook message, and I'm just going to shoehorn this in. It's interesting to me, like he's one of those guys they extended. And it's, they've only extended from Brandon Bean, has only extended two draft picks that he's selected that have gotten an extension. So you're talking from 2018 to 2022. So that's five drafts that they've they've had and they've only extended two players and they could have extended guys starting in 2000 you know with guys who were like the third going into the third year like they could have yeah. extended guys and it's kind of amazing to me that they've only done two and yet that 2017 draft who's class josh josh who's the other one I'm off the top of josh head, allen dawson me. knox dawson knox okay yeah that's it i mean i i'm pretty wow I'm, yeah and it's that's it. And then like, yeah, you I'm thinking, at... no, I think, I think that there's, there's one more, but Ooh. there's still only three. Okay. Teron Johnson got an extension. Oh, okay. okay. So, so still, it's still not a lot though. That's, I, not, I agree with your point. Yeah. And then, but the, the crazy thing was, is the 2017 draft class is only, is three players just from that draft class alone that has nothing to do with it. And I was, I was listening to like Sal Capaccio on WGR today. And he was talking about how like the bills are all about, drafting, developing, and re-signing their own guys. And I'm just thinking to myself, it's really – they haven't really done that that much with their own guys. And I, I wonder, you know, and we'll get to Tremaine Edmonds in a little bit, but it's like you're letting this guy – you're letting that guy walk after you traded up for him. 
which that's not good management, even though, and we'll get to how he is as a player, but are they really into drafting? I mean, everyone says that they're into drafting, developing. Like, like the only guy who doesn't say that is the Rams guy, GM, because they freaking trade those picks for, for guys all the time. But, like, it's remarkable to me. It's it's only been three draft picks that they have, like, given their them extensions. And, like, who who right now? Like, we don't know if they're resigning Gabe Davis next year. We don't know about Ed Oliver. We don't – there's, like, a lot of – like, who the hell right now – would you say, oh man, they Rousseau, maybe? I mean, you want to sign him probably whenever that, but he's got a couple of years, but they're I ain't creaming for them to 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 sign Boogie Basham over here, like, oh, they gotta extend him. They've not been really they haven't been as good at developing their guys and signing and extending them. And this is through a Brandon Bean prism. It's not his I'm sorry, I'll like, how much I'll, I'll ask you this question. Like, do does he get credit for those three guys, Trey White? Matt Milano and Deion Dawkins. I don't it's think he a, does. It's, it's a fascinating topic. Well, I don't think Brandon Bean wasn't even on. The, on he the wasn't even there. Yeah, Sean McDermott. What, Sean McDermott think, would be Sean the McDerm- one that you'd be yeah. arguing. Well, no, I'm saying yeah, but that's that's where it is. It was like I think I think Brandon Bean gets a lot of credit for. It's for a little bit too much credit. General. Yes, like come on, three guys. Like well, let's and who's next? There's not. There's go ahead. No, I was gonna say until maybe today. Monday, I should say, because people are listening to this on Tuesday, maybe until today that you could say the 2018 class was the, the best class. And maybe it still is because you have Josh Allen. But I'll tell you what, that 2017 class, you have Trey White, you have. And then, by the way, that was at the end of the first round, 27th pick because they went back. And let's not talk about what they could have. We all know that. But anyway, Trey White, you have Dion Dawkins and you have Matt Milano. Milano and Trey White are literally all pros. Deion Dawkins is a pro bowler. Now, whether you agree that he should be a pro bowler or not, that might be another discussion, but he has made the pro bowl. He's a very, very at worst serviceable left tackle. Pretty good. That's three great players, man, who are key parts of this team. And then you got Zay Jones was picked in the second round. He just it wasn't his time yet. You know, he just had some demons, just some issues with, you know, his own issues, issues on the field. Issues off the field. He's turned his career around, and now he's become a good player, a really good player with Jacksonville. That was a good draft. It is a fascinating topic, and I don't want to. Yeah, know, it's we it's got always, a lot of months after the draft and this stuff. Yeah, to really but it, dig it's just, in. But it's who just deserves those, that credit? I don't know. Yeah, because it's like <laughs> I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I always remember when they fired Doug Whaley and the whole draft class. It didn't really get out till like three days, two days before it happened. Like. I remember Pro Football Talk had like a, a post that says like there's some rumblings that they're gonna get canned, and then like they got canned, and like soon afterwards, I we always talk about how the Bills are very tight lipped. Rumors do not get out of there; they're very tight. But but like the one thing that got out quick to every reporter was that Whaley, Manos, all those guys had nothing to do with that draft. It was all Sean McDermott. And, it, and everyone was like, yeah, totally. That's what happened. And I, it was just like, really? I'm like, did anyone like go to Whaley or Manos and go, hey, did you guys have nothing to do with it? Because if you listen to Ty Dunn's podcast, when Manos, they did a, a, a podcast dedicated to that draft class where Manos talked about each player. And it's, it's not like he was going to go to get wings at lunch during the scouting process. It just, and I, I just, I feel like they don't get enough credit. I think some right. people in the media kind of wanted to like sweep them out of the rug, sweep them out. Cause 
I think some of them didn't really like Whaley all that much, and they were trying to get favored towards McDermott and the PR people over there. But it's you can't even it's not even up for a debate. You take Josh Allen out of the equation, like that's the best draft class that McDermott has had, and he and Bean had nothing to do with it. But again, it's just it's crazy to me that 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 off season, like was a great off season with with Poyer, Hyde. They made those decisions right around this time, you know, yeah. like we're doing now. It was it set the foundation for like the next four or five years for this team. It really did, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Agreed, hundred percent. And I do think it's a, a fascinating um, conversation to have in terms of who deserves credit because you said it. Not even just the draft. Some really key free agents came that off season as well. But anyway, um, all right. So Matt Milano back in the mix or not back in the mix because he wasn't going anywhere. But they extended him for two years. Also. Hey man, if you follow the bills and if you pay attention, you know goddamn well when free agency is getting ready to start that they're going to go keeping some of their core special team players. It happens literally every year. This year, no different. Uh, they re-signed punter Sam Martin three years. Um, I, I read around six million, four point one of that guaranteed. Uh, that's fine. It's good punter. Did he yeah. suck? I thought he, he was. Yeah, he was good. I, I think I he had his. No, he had his best. He had his best putty average in, in years. Actually, he was fine. Yeah, he got it. He was a free agent. They like him. He held fine. He held the ball. So you know, no issues. Good resigning there. Um, Tyler Matekovich, one year extension. I, I say Al Capacho reported is like two point five million this year guaranteed. Man, the Bills really love their special team guys. And then uh, Cam Lewis, another special teams guy, depth in the secondary. They announced his resigning today and actually the bills announced it so that actually is official um because he's a resigning guy they, they could be official now and then another thing that they did on monday to free up some more cap room is they um they redid naheem hines's deal and basically long story short his cap hit this year goes down from 4.79 million to about 3.5 so they saved roughly 1.3 million so I would say based on that, that Naheem Hines is definitely in the mix. Is he going to be the second running back this year? Is he going to be, he's definitely going to be the kick returner. And he was very good at that last year. What his role will be on this team? Will he have an expanded role? It, it remains to be seen. But anyway, those were the moves, pretty much all special teams related, like I said, to uh, that preceded legal tampering period starting here. On uh, Monday afternoon, you surprised special teams guys. I mean, you got to have them, I guess, but it just seems like the Bills really, really yeah. love getting their special team shit done quick. Yeah. Ain't it? I don't care. It's like special teams, whatever. I they don't they don't exactly. Matekovic getting two point five million guaranteed feels like a lot to me. I don't know. I don't know, it's... man. I I I hate to say it, but I really because of like kickoffs being like you don't you can kick. Nine out of ten times, you're kicking the ball out of the end zone, right? Like, it's always a kickoff. Yeah. You know, the Bills don't exactly punt all that much. Like, good for them, obviously. So, really, do you need to invest in gunners and things like that? I don't know. Whatever. It's Well, I mean, you got to have a couple guys. I just Sure. Two, but 2.5 2. from Matekovic, it, it just feels like a lot to me. Cam Lewis signing, it's like, all right, cool. He's not even guaranteed to make the team by no means. So, uh you know, but, I like Cam you know, Lewis. He's a UB guy. I want to root for him, but I still can't get over him not, you know, not knocking the ball down in the fourth down against Justin Jefferson. Bills win that it, game. It, but Bills it's get funny. home field advantage. Here's the thing, though, because it's easy for me to, to sit there and kind of go like, oh, like, like 
it's, whatever. It's just a special teams guy. But then you think about guys like Isaiah Hodgins, who was really good. Or he not, I, mean, I say, I don't want to overdo it, but like he was good with the Giants. He's and the been reason, great with the Giants. Yeah, but the reason why they didn't bring him up was he couldn't play special teams because right. they had to have spaces, these spots dedicated to these special teams. Or so that's why they could it could cut you in the balls a little bit. And I'm not saying, look, they're always going to be that guy who is like the training camp hero. Like, oh man, why did we cut him? He was a wide receiver, and then they get cut it, and then we should have kept him, and they cut him, and you never see him again. He's he's one of the anomalies that like okay you saw him again you know a, a, lo, a low draft pick but still that's that's where you can kind of burn it but whatever I guess small things <laughs> mosquitoes on a butt whatever go for let's it. let's uh let's get to the big news of Monday and that is middle linebacker Tremaine Edmonds drafted by this team you kind of talked about this drafted by this team first round pick traded up for in 2018. Um, plays his five years. The Bills did not franchise tag, which was not a surprise. I mean, Brandon Bean pretty much said he was not going to do it. Anyway, did not take long. As expected, there was going to be interest out there. And I'll tell you, early in the day, Joe, without you know having to run down the guys who, who were signing alert, there were a couple of good linebackers who signed deals for far less money. And then at around 4 p.m. Monday, uh, news broke. Not what was it four years? 72 million, uh, 50 million, almost, almost 50 million of this guaranteed, um, $9.75 million signing bonus, $22 million he's going to make this year and $42 million in his first two years. That is, well, the average is 18 million a year, but that really don't mean much. What you're really looking at for sure is two years. 42 million right off the bat. And then, and then you kind of go um, from there. I mean, I, I don't, I feel like we shouldn't act surprised. I mean, we knew he was going to get paid. If you pay attention, I didn't know who it was going to be. If it was going to be Buffalo, were they going to pony up big money? But he was, or was he, where was he going to go? Um, well, we got that answer. Chicago bears uh, thoughts, man. And before you give me your thoughts, I, I want to circle back to something you said, because this, if you're upset that he's leaving, this is what could bother you or me or any Bills fan. You talk about draft develop. Okay, well, you trade up in the first round. You draft the quarterback of your defense. You develop him. Polarizing player. A lot of people did not like him for three years. 2021, played reasonably well. Still kind of divided. I think this past year, for the most part, he played really well. Put himself in a position, obviously, he's only 25 years old. These, aren't these the kind of guys where if you're going to overpay for players, a middle linebacker, a guy who's still young, who still might be ascending, this is the kind of that draft developing and, and keep your own. It just doesn't feel like it fits the formula of what this organization is supposed to be about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, it, it's, 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 it's a double-edged sword for me a, a little bit. Like, First, like with the development, like they traded, they traded a third round pick to get. They traded their, they switched first with the Ravens, and then yep. they gave they up a third. They gave up a third, and the Ravens gave us gave the Bills back a fifth. So you know they did trade up for that guy. You know I have mixed feelings about it because look, I can't be a hypocrite because I've talked about like you gotta let him go because you need you got too much assets, too much money tied into your defense. Because because you need to build an offensive doom as yes, your like my says yes. if you're watching this on video. Yep. Yes, you have to build an offensive doom. 
And you, you know, as of right now, it feels like you, you know, if you, if you, if you resign him, you can't do that as like the way I want to do it. Like in terms of drafting, not, not drafting, but like getting some guys in free agency, trading for guys that have term on their contract. You just, you can't do it. Also, you have Matt Milano back there. We just talked about it. You know, I think, <laughs> I wonder like if Matt Milano didn't exist, like would he have gotten extended? You know, if Edmonds, I, I think he would have. Yes, if, I do. Yeah. And I, I just think you can't pay two linebackers when you only have two linebackers on the field for the most part, you can't pay two of them like a ridiculous amount of money. I just don't think you, you can. You have enough money in Von Miller. You have enough in the, in the secondary, you know, you just, you just can't. It's, but it does, it, it, it is, it is not like what they have preached in terms of developing. I mean, that's the thing. And here's the thing. I am fine with it as long as a week, two weeks from today, they have added like an, a few offensive players that I'm happy about. Okay. If they don't and they go into the draft, like, well, we don't have it. We didn't, you know, sign anyone really that's of consequence in terms of the skill level. Like I've talked about Then I'm going to say, well, that, that, that seemed, that seemed a little bit foolish a little bit. If they, if they're not doing that sort of stuff, if they, if they're not looking for anything for them to to do that, you know what I mean? Yeah, a hundred percent. My I my tweeted today after the signing that I'm fine with it. I'm not bothered by it. I don't want to be a hypocrite either. You can't you can't sit here and you know you can't say we need offense. I need go get me Adele Beckham Jr. Go get me go trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Go sign trade for Derrick Henry. Go sign whoever as a great running back. Whatever on the offense, you can't do that and then bitch that they let Jermaine Evans go walk and go get $72 million in four years from somewhere else. You know, yeah. we've said it. We've talked about this. The defense has been good in the regular season and shit themselves in the playoffs. You know, I had last week Tyler Dunn on uh, my Imperial show, and he talked about Tremaine Edmonds, and he said, listen, and I'm paraphrasing, but only slightly, the guy played great during the regular season, but what happened in that Cincinnati game? He got bullied. And a problem with Bills fans and probably fans around the league who have teams that are good. I don't want to say all fans because some teams, you know, are just terrible. But what's the standard supposed to be with the Buffalo Bills now at this point? Are you satisfied with them looking good in the regular season and putting up 10 to 13 victories and being near the top of the, the rankings defensively or offensively? Or are you going to start judging and evaluating this team's success on how they do in the postseason and the players on how they perform in the postseason? And if that's the case, Jermaine Edmonds, and he used the word bully because that's what happened. Jermaine Edmonds got bullied in that Cincinnati Bengals game. Bullied. So I don't know, man. I'm okay with him leaving. I just, to your point, and I agree, I'm going to be really annoyed if, they take that money, and I have every expectation. And if I'm wrong, Aaron Quinn and I will be talking about it on tomorrow night's show. But I have very, very expectation that Jordan Poyer is also going to be gone. Okay, so now you're going to lose those two guys. I'm fine with that. But you better take some of that money, at least, and add to this offense. Or adequately, yeah. at least adequately, replace this defense. I will be really annoyed if... Brandon Bean spends more time and resources worrying about 2024 to 2026 than he is 2023 right now. Cause you can't waste another year of Josh Allen 
playing at the level he's been playing at. You just can't. Yeah, you got to be aggressive. Like the cap means stuff, but it, again, it can be finagled. We know that with them reworking some deals. Sure. I don't know how you know the Chiefs signed like, um, gosh, with the tackle from from Jacksonville to like eighty million. Juwan you know, Taylor, Juwan Taylor, yeah, four years, eighty million. Great, good tackle. I don't know how they they afford it. They were like fourteen million under the cap, and and they like, threw some things out, and they did it. They didn't rest on their laurels. You know, they were like, hey, let's get a great, a, a solid ass tackle. Well, the cap you room's know. there now, Joe. I mean, Monday night, um, it was reported, that, and we yeah. all knew this was coming, but the Bills restructured the contracts of Josh Allen and Vaughn Miller, and they created approximately $32 million in cap space. As we take this late Monday, I don't know the exact amount, but I can tell you the cap room that they have right now, probably without any other moves coming, probably around $20 million, 17 to $20 million, somewhere in that ballpark. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but you take a guy and you can construct these contracts. Like Tremaine Evans, all this money he's getting, his first year, I think his cap hit for Chicago this year is like six million. Yeah. So you can go out, you can go get one or two big time impact players for twelve, thirteen million. I don't even know what the Bills cap. were space wise last year when they got Von Miller. They weren't a lot. Like remember we not a we ton. Were, they had not a ton at all. So yeah, I'm totally like there, they there's have one, and there's money out there too. By the way, easy yeah. money. They could easily yeah. do Trey White. They could easily do Deion Dawkins. That's like eleven or twelve million right there too. Just so. do it up. Like, look, I, we said this. The, let me ask you this real quick. Mm, I don't, on the last podcast I was on with you, I talked about how if the Bills sign, if the Bills let Edmonds go, Bills Twitter would be like, "Oh, they pay, those team paid too much. Whoever signed him, but if they stayed here, he would. We would be like, that's a great deal. How? Because I'm not on Bills Twitter right now because I'm giving it up for Lent. How did? That's, how that's did? Stupid. Yeah, I know you. You always you've been complaining. I don't know why you want me back on Twitter. Like you got you got a bat line to me. I'm private message. Like that's to be enough. You don't need me all day. <laughs> I know you love me and all, but but how did how did bills? What would you say was the consensus? Well, people, I feel like people said that it was too much money. That's I'm I'm reading the room and like we follow the same people, uh, you know, et cetera, kind of. Sure. Maybe what would you say? Was it was it met with he got too much money or was it like yes, uh, but. In fairness, I don't think it's just Bills fans. I think most people are saying it's a combination. Some people are against it, saying it's a good good player with too much money. But there are people out there, some fans, mostly media, though, that are saying, yo, the kid's played five years in the league, but he's only 25 years old. He's still got a lot of great football left, man. There's a lot of a lot of juice in that tank. You know what I'm saying? So You know, I can I it, tell you? I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I but, hate the 25-year-old thing. And I'm going to tell you why. It's not like when he got into the league, he, people's careers, sorry, people's careers end because of wear and tear. It's, it, and it's not because of age. If you're a running back who starts your career at 25 years old, I'm going to bet you you're going to last until you're 33, 34. Why? Because those first three years, you weren't playing, we'll just say. He played at 19, 20 years old. He was playing every snap. It wasn't like he was sitting on the bench learning. Like he was playing. They threw him in there. That's wear and tear, man. So like I don't. I hate hearing that he's only twenty five years old. Like what's that supposed to mean? Like that the he he played those snaps. He's got the same the mileage is on him. I hate when I just I heard that so many times. Like leading up to him, and it's like he's only twenty five. Like. Okay, yeah, but he played right away. He wasn't sitting on his ass the first two years of his life. Like, 
that's wear and tear. You're still going to be sore. You know, and it's you're going to be your career is probably going to be shorter than your average linebacker because your average linebacker started their career at 22. So if they ended at 32, he might end it at 30 because that's the way it works. I just, I just maybe, like maybe, that. maybe, but I, I will say, so. regardless of how he plays seven, eight years down the road, what I will say is I feel like right now he's entering the prime of his career. I thought last year was by far his best year, and I think he's going to be really good with Chicago. Yeah, I'm not going to kick the guy on the way out because I'm a you know I'm a Bills fan and you spurned us for more money elsewhere. First of all, I would do the same thing. Going to give me $42 million over two years? I'm going to take it. Anyway, best of luck to him. I, I thought it was uh, it was expected, but still kind of a, a blow to the team, depending on what Brandon Bean turns around and what he does. But anyway, I want to take a real quick break, come back. We'll talk a little more Tremaine. And also the Bills did sign a guard. Uh, we'll talk about him as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I'm back with Joe from Queens. I almost said by half because it's a Tuesday show, Joe Yurden. Anyway, so yeah, yeah we, we've talked about um, Tremaine, and you know, I, I think our, our opinions on him pretty much are, are out there at this point. Good player, very good player, but we both feel like there's positions of greater priority right now. Chicago, that the real quick, if I can ask, I'm sorry to interrupt. Chicago. They don't really have a good defense, right? I kind of remember going into that game like oh. we can score. They don't have so it's gonna. It's not like he's. It'll be interesting to see how he does there because he's he doesn't have. I feel the same talent around him like he did here through most of his years. Sure. Now, he, now he's gonna be counted on as like being the man, the man. I feel. Well, they they did. They also I can't remember the guy's name is escaping me. I don't have it in front of me right now. But they also signed another linebacker, a, a pretty good one today too as well. They got a lot of draft capital. I think Chicago could be a, a team on the rise. But, yeah, to your point, the defense, as of right now anyway, certainly uh, nothing to um to write home about. But, yeah, we we knew this was coming. Let's just hope. Now, that said, Joe, 
as this day as this day and this night has went on Monday, and there's still some couple guys out there, but that uh grouping of talented middle linebackers, that list is dissipated really, really quick, man. There's some good, most of the good linebackers right now who are out there have chosen a team. So we might be looking at a situation where the Bills might get some kind of like, I don't want to say AJ Klein, but like an AJ Klein-ish type of player, maybe a what little about, bit better. And I they turn like, into a draft again. I feel like they're going to look. They drafted Terrell with Bernard, right? That's his name. Uh, yes. In the third round as a linebacker. Doesn't he have to go in there? Nope. Why doesn't he have to? Well, so why? I mean, if you're. I don't if, think he's that. I don't think he's that player, man. I know where you're going with this. You're, this is another criticism of Brandon Bean's draft. Well, I'm just but... saying. I'm just no, no. I'm saying if if their slogan is draft, develop, and resign, don't you want to develop this guy? You spent a third rounder on him. He's a linebacker. I'm not going <sighs> to pretend I know the X's and O's of He's like 224 middle... pounds, man. So what the fuck did they draft him for? Special teams depth. They backup? don't. No, 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 no. Down, well, I'm telling you, I'm that's just, what no, it is. Th that, there's no way you would draft a guy in the third round. With the goal of he needs to be a special teamser. No. Well, you can let he's them tell you he's going to start this year. He's not starting. I I I will bet you a beer. He starts this year. He's not starting this year. Starting at least at least ten games this year. Yeah, maybe if Matt Milano or whoever's starting middle linebacker. No, gets because hurt, I think the only there's way. no way you draft a linebacker in the third round and you don't ex expect him to start. Well, you draft A.J. Evanescent in the second round to be a cornerstone on the defensive end rotation. Because, hold happens. on, hold on. They do a rotation and he does play, dude. He does play, A.J. Whether you want to, like. Right, because yeah, it's just, a position where you rotate. You don't rotate linebackers. So Listen to me. The, but they might feed you that Terrell Bernard. They, he could easily step in and be the guy. He's not. Not going to but be. you haven't seen him play though. Listen, you haven't seen him play. I'm gonna tell you this right now. At Who? the end of the season, when they're in the playoffs, this kid is a rookie, he's had six months okay. with the team. Hold Listen, on. let me finish. Go ahead, go ahead. AJ Klein, Terrell Dodson, he wasn't even active in the playoffs. You're gonna go from being the fifth or sixth on your own team's depth chart with guys like AJ Klein ahead of you, and then the next year you're gonna start to take over Tremaine Demons. Ain't gonna happen. I'm telling you now, it's not gonna happen. Okay. How many guys over the years have the Bills drafted that they did not play, did not suit up, and they ended up playing the following year? All of those defensive linemen, AJ Epinesa, Boogie Basham, they there were games they didn't start. Like they were, they were, they weren't dressed. Remember how many times have we complained? Hey, why aren't they playing the second rounder today when he was a rookie? That happened all the time. I'm not, I'm not a stand for this guy, but I just if Don't he be. does not get on the field next year, that is a that is a bad blow for the GM. I'm I want to be you careful don't... too. Listen, I, I I'm not. I don't want to sit here and, and make it sound like is that. I know I am making it sound like Terrell Bernard. I think he's a bum. He's not. He's been saying he's guy. a bum. He's a deaf guy. He's a deaf guy. He's Terrell Dotson. He's Terrell Dotson for the next eight to ten years. I I can't believe that that if look if you're right then Ma, like Mazeltov to you. But if 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 they picked a third rounder to just play special teams, that's that's a bad pick. I mean, look. I have this consensus of drafting. Do <laughs> you see easily. what the Bills do with? Do you see how much they value special well, teams? But yeah, but they don't. They they they're just guys. They don't draft them in the third he, round. He could play snaps. Can, he will back up Milano. He'll back up whoever I, it's going to be. We're going to see. Gonna be I, him. I no. I I don't know. I I'm not. Sh how could you say? How could you say it's not going to be him? But you're going to say Shakir should be their their slot wide receiver when he had ten catches. 
Listen, completely different situation. No, it's the same yes, situation. What did Go we ahead. just talk about? Tremaine Evans about ten minutes ago before the break. What did we just talk? What did at least what did I bring up that Tyler told me during the show last week? He said Tremaine got bullied against Cincinnati. Tremaine Evans is six foot five, two hundred fifty pounds. Jerome Bernard's like six one, six two, two twenty four. He's smaller than Milano. He can gain weight. He, dude, he is going to be. He might have a role on this team, and I certainly hope he does. I, I like him. But he no, you not, like him. <laughs> okay, he, I right. like him as a person. <laughs> I, like I, I, what, are you going to get wigs with him? All right, yeah, sure. you like him as a person. He is, put it this way. You can anticipate, Joe, There's again, Bobby Wagner's out there, but I think he's either going to go to Dallas or, or Seattle. Um, Eric Hendricks actually tweeted tonight that he was going to the Chargers. Devontae Davis, definitely a name to watch out for for Tampa Bay. Again, I want to be careful dropping names because I time people hear this. These guys, most of these guys are going to be signed somewhere. So, uh, well, you know, I don't they, want to get too much into them. If they sign at three but, in the morning with the Bills, we're coming back on here. But those are probably the two biggest by far. And uh, Van Esch from, from, from Dallas, who I don't like very much. He's out there too. But anyway, a lot of good linebackers. I'll name a few of them in a few minutes. Signed today. So, you are looking at a potential long in the tooth, maybe stopgap middle linebacker type while you draft possibly uh, even maybe in the first round. Put it this way. If Jermaine, right. as of right I, now, I will barf if they draft a defensive a, a linebacker well, in the first round. Get ready to no. stick your fingers on your throat, game because no. I'm going to tell Bullshit. you now. No, no, Dude, don't put don't... that in the don't put that evil on the in the universe <laughs> or on me. This is all your fault. If they do this. I'm telling you, it's a in linebacker. play. As of now, no. now maybe maybe to go no. get Bobby Wagner tomorrow, and then it's not. But if no. they don't, just it's just in play. No. Sign freaking London Fletcher. Who's the head coach of this team? Let me ask you. Maybe you forgot. Who's me. the head coach of this football team? Yeah, it's I Sean know. McDermott. Sean right? fucking Dermott. Exactly. Yes. You think you McDermott. think he's gonna be? You think he's gonna be uh, content to go with Terrell Bernard as his new middle linebacker? Yes. You're nuts. Well, this is. Well, they have Matt Milano. I look. I I I will. I will hate hate if they draft a linebacker in the first round. And that's that's that that feels like play. that feels like what the Bills used to do with their running backs, where it would be like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna let instead of extending Travis Henn, we're gonna go draft Willis McGahee or whatever." I, that's what it feels like to me. With now, you, now you made me hate Tremaine Edmonds leaving. Because I'm just gonna, gonna throw for every for everybody yeah. listening, for everybody watching. Not gonna discuss him today. It's uh, I'm sure it's play. You don't I'm, you obviously because you, you know you're not into the prospects quite yet. But Hell Jack no. Campbell, Jack Campbell's. A middle linebacker from Iowa, very comparable athletically to Tremaine. And I'm telling you now, if there's, he's probably the one linebacker who would be graded out to potentially go right around the time when the Bills pick. I'm just telling you, man, don't, whether you like it, whether you don't like it, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm telling you, as of right now, you lose Tremaine Edmonds, you don't do anything about it. Middle linebackers in play with the first, uh, first round pick. Simple as that. Um, all right. So anyway, the Bills did make a, a new signing today. They um, picked up um, Connor McGovern, which, by the way, you want to talk about confusing. He's not even the only Connor McGovern in the NFL right now. There's also uh, a center slash guard for the New York Jets, who I actually started looking up his stats and information after this signing. But anyway, we're talking Connor McGovern, who plays for uh, the Dallas Cowboys. The Bills gave him a three-year deal. At 23 million, as we're taping this, I'm not quite sure. I haven't read anything about any, uh, you know, like guarantees and base salaries or stuff like that. But anyway, he's a third round pick out of Penn State in 2019. 
Started at left guard last year for Dallas. Probably slides in there. Uh, Ryan Bates could stay at right guard. But, you know, that might be interchangeable. Started 15 games last year, 29 for his career. We were talking about this today, um, well, before we started doing the show tonight. And I, and I think you kind of do the same thing that I do. When a player signs sometimes that I don't already know very well from another team, which is usually offensive linemen or tight ends, you know, stuff like that. I like to go to websites that cover the other team or, you know, I like to, to get and read comments from, from posts from like SB nation, from like, you know, the team that they, the bills will sign a guy from trying to get a, the temperature for how those fans feel about him. And the vibe I got was, uh, okay. You know, a lower, lower tier to average starter. I mean, he is a starter. So you can look at it that way. It's like, you know, it's not very inspirational signing, but you could also take the point of view that he's going to be better. He's got to be better than Roger Stafford was last year. So it's an upgrade. I feel like we said that about Stafford last uh, Stafford. Sorry. Stafford. He was a good. Yeah, Stafford. I agree. He was I a say we, I, I feel like we, but I feel like we said that because like John Feliciano, they're like, well, he's got to be better than that asshole. And that's a, and, that's and, a good point. And he wasn't. Know, uh, the only, the only numbers I looked up, I saw pro football focus. I know it's subjective. Some people like them. Some people hate them. He had a grade of 52.3, which does not sound good. Um, I also looked up that this has nothing to do with Dallas. He also only had one penalty last year season, which I thought was pretty good. Like if you're an mm -hmm. offensive lineman, you start 15 games, you only got one penalty. That's pretty good. I know the stat is kind of more of like about Dallas, the offensive line, but they were like near the bottom of the league in terms of yards before a contact contact, excuse me, for running backs, which they were like, I think ninth worst, which is not a great number because we, I think that's a, an offensive line stat that people like to look up to see like, Oh, how, you know, cause if you're getting killed behind, if you're running backs getting killed right away, then it's like, that's, that's on the running, that's on the offensive line. So um, Dallas, primarily like they they seem like a more of a running team and that they had some injuries like Dax you know Prescott was hurt last year for like a month it's fine I guess like you know yeah he, he at least he's younger at least it's a three-year contract so it doesn't feel like you know I talked about this before sure that the, 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 that the bills haven't signed an off they, the bills hadn't signed an offensive free agent for more than a one-year deal since like 2019. You know, every free agent they brought in for offense has been like one year prove it deal, one year prove it deal, like Emmanuel Sanders, you know, think guys like that. So fine, they think they, you know, I'm fine. Look, I said I've talked about weapons a lot on this podcast with you know, tight ends, wide receivers. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with adding some guards and some linemen. They they definitely need help up there. So if that's that's a good step in the right direction, I would not I wouldn't mind having another one. You know, get some more. I was the. They were not inspiring last year. The offensive line. So no. if they they want to add some more guys. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cry about it. I think. I think the signing says something about the plan of the offense. And what I mean by that is this: the book on, on um on this kid is he is strong with pass blocking and weak with run blocking. I'm put up a tweet. Uh, Matt Perino threw this up um, from Pro Football Focus. Uh, Connor McGovern graded out as the number 13 interior offense alignment with a 76.6 pass block grade last season per PFF. For comparison's sake, Chris Lindstrom graded out to an 81.7. Lindstrom just signed a really big deal. Anyway, McGovern has allowed only two sacks all season and gave up 23 pressure. So on the pass blocking side, he's good. 
On the run blocking side, from everything I've read and heard, not so much. And yeah. it kind of feels like the uh, formula for a Bills offense. Athletic guys who can pass block but can't run block were shit. And one more thing, too. I did look up uh, injury-wise. He had a pictorial injury. Ended his rookie year in 2019. Um, I read the Dallas Morning News. Again, I wanted to get some more information about him from a Dallas perspective. And, and what they wrote was, though he played well at times at guard, McGovern's performance was mixed last season. He struggled with injuries throughout his career, and only toward the end of the season did he see significant reps as a starter. Again, a lower tier to, to average starter. Don't forget, Eichbacher's in the mix, too. And Eichbacher played pretty well two years ago. So uh, keep in mind that I'm that, all right with it. I'd yeah, rather see big money. If you're going to spend $12, $13 million instead of, instead of a guard, go, go give me a receiver or a tight end, man. Yeah. You know, keep it keep in mind, like the grade I read to you was overall grade at fifty two point three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that shows you if his if his if he was like around eighty one, like the pass blocking thing, he was definitely he must have been in the twenties and thirties for run blocking. And also, it's a little bit I don't say misguided, but Dallas did not throw the ball a lot last year. That you know they ran the ball a ton. So if you're really good in pass blocking situations, keep in mind they're not passing the ball like the Bills are passing the ball all over the field. They run a lot. So it's a little bit like, oh, yeah, he's good in pass blocking, but he's not in pass blocking situations as much as, like, our guys are, you know. So that could be a, a line – that that number could deflate a bit because he's not in those situations as much as, like, a pass-happy team. Because Dallas was not a pass-happy team, you know, last sure. year. They they ran the ball a lot. Like, their running backs almost had 2,000 yards rushing between the two of them. So Sure. Um, but, yeah, look, it's fine. I'm not gonna. That's not gonna. That's. I'm not gonna like say successful off season over here. You know, well, it's just that. It's, it, it is it's Monday a, night. It's yeah, Monday it is Monday night. night but yes, yes but they have to. They have to add some more start. guys. It's not a bad start. I, I feel like he should be. Now, I will say the, the the positives that I have heard about him too. You know, I'm reading the kind of like these mixed bag reviews. But on the upside, he is young and still ascending. Like he still got room to become, um, a better player. All right. Anyway, so in a, a former Buffalo Bill now. Signing you hope that this never matters, but uh backup quarterback Case Keenan went to the Houston Texans on a two-year deal. So now for a third straight year, the Bills are in a market fourth straight year, actually. Um, it seems like every year Josh Ellis got a new QB2. And that's probably because I ain't gonna be Matt Barkley. It's gonna be the case again this year. So Case Keenum is gone. So um, you look at a couple guys out there. I really like Marcus Mariota a lot. I liked Mike White an awful lot as well as a backup, but he actually just signed with Miami on Monday. The guy that you liked a lot, Sam Darnold, signed with the San Francisco 49ers. I don't like him a lot. <laughs> no. <laughs> I said, like, hey, he's, I think I think this is my – He said my, he's Josh's boy. My bad. He's Josh's boy. Okay. okay and that's, that's, why I, that's why I look like, like who, the, who the quarterbacks could be. It's Josh's boy. It's Josh's boy. Like, he has to be friendly with them. He picks who he likes, and he's best friends with Darnold. Um, I don't really, I, I, I'll throw this at you. You're going to laugh and go no effing way, but <laughs> what about Carson Wentz? I'm, I'm serious. I'm kind of serious only because of this. I'll, I'll say this. He's probably done. I don't know why, but there's something about, <laughs> I'm going to get into trouble saying this. He's very virtuous and uh, the bills have a lot of virtuous players on their team. Like, go oh God. Hey, I'm giving up Lent, so I can't talk shit or giving up Twitter for Lent, so I can't talk shit. But he feels like one of those guys who would mesh with the with that kind of virtuous 
the thing. I'm not saying I want that. I do, and I think people who would start, I, I can already see like probably Joe DiBiase tweeting, what about this guy? His stats are good for a backup. And then everyone's like, screw you. Like, it's horrible. Don't get him. Ah, like going crazy. Like, I, I don't really care who the backup quarterback is, to be honest with you, because I, I tend to believe that the majority of backup quarterbacks are pretty bad. Like, if Case Keenum played in that last year, it would have been a disaster. Like, they would have gone. Yeah, if Josh they goes were, down, there's no it's, quarterback it's out. So the really, winning I don't waste – but I'm just curious, like, about – like, what if like, – I don't care. I hate – I'm sorry, God, Rob Carson not. Wentz. But I'm just curious. Like, maybe, like, he matches their little – aren't they in – oh, and the Dakota-Montana thing, they're kind of, like, close there. I think of those country, those states as, like, the same area. Anyways, I digress. But I don't really give a shit who the backup is, to be honest with you. You know what, I always, you know – you know I find what's it, scary, Joe? What's that? I not scary. Carson Wentz is like the uh I, I want to say it's either third or fourth. The Bills betting odds right now are like either third or fourth highest for uh yeah. so I, I for him to come to Buffalo. Fuck that, man. I'm telling well, you, bro, you, I haven't know, scored it, this it, whole podcast. I've been good for 55 minutes. Fuck that shit, though. He I does, do not want he Carson does Wentz have it. like it the Josh. If you were to close, if you were not to close your eyes, but if you just didn't watch them play and you watched them throw in practice, they're both big. They're big, both run. They both have pretty good arm strength. Like if you just watched them throw a football through a tire, you know, and they kind of have that. I don't know, man. You never know. They might. I could see McDermott. I could because Carson Wentz is we is he's one of those shitty. He's a sh- I think he sucks, but like he's he one of those. Suck. He does, but he's one of those weird guys that I feel. If his fans are pretty loud, like, oh man, he's a good guy. Like Peter King loves him. Like he's always like, I know it's like a media person, but like, like in terms of him as a as a person, quote, even though he's been a disaster in these locker rooms. So, anyways, hey, I don't know. You never I know. hope that I don't. I, hope, I don't care. It would life be talking about Carson Wentz as a buffalo. Officially, player. I'm just gonna say this: I do not care who the backup is. I think whoever the backup is is gonna suck. I am for. I am team draft a backup like in the fifth, sixth round. And just, you know, you never know. He could come the in. The next one... Jake Fromm? Yeah, Jake Fromm. Was that the guy that we picked up from, from Georgia? That was him, right? And then there was Brian Brom. That's Fromm, Brom. But you know what? He could be Matt Schwab. You never know. He comes in there and he has a couple good games and then you trade him for a boatload of picks. Like you, Marcus you never Mariota's, know. I think Marcus Mariota would be a good fit for this offense. I think it would be a good story because I know at this point he would settle for a backup role with uh, Annie Dalton. As well, I think that would be. Oh kind God, of a, Dalton makes that'd be a sense. pretty cool. That story. makes the most sense. I'm, I'm sure we'll. The get Buffalo seven, News would do a million field good stories. Yeah, can't wait for those. <laughs> get their columnists <laughs> to do it on there. Look at us. Josh right, anyway, Barnett, DM us when you can. Oh, just kidding. Before, anyway. before we get back, before we get back to uh, wrap up with some Bill stuff. A couple big moves around the NFL. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to the Raiders, three-year deal. Uh, the Denver Broncos. He sucks. Denver Sorry, Broncos. No, he there. doesn't. Denver Broncos. What? Right? What the? He's no, no. You're insane if you think he's good. He's, he's a. He's, he's fine. He's, he's flat. He needs fine. to be on a team that's loaded. The Raiders are not loaded. No, they're not. Um, no, the Broncos given right tackle Mike McGlinchey, dude, five years. It, it pays to be a good right tackle in this league, man. Five years, eighty-seven and a half million dollars with fifty million dollars guaranteed. That's a big signing for Denver. Uh, Frisco, um, defensive tackle, Jason Hargrove from the Eagles, a really, really good player. Four years, $84 million. Yo, that Eagles defense, they've lost like three starters today, and they might end up losing five or six by the time free agency is over with. That's how hard it is to keep a team together. And why I always get mad going back, I'm going on my own little tangent here, did that 21 seconds a couple years ago. Don't ever take it for granted. You're just going to be back again. You know, like Philly in the Super Bowl, 
Don't get me wrong. They're still good. They have a lot of talent, but they're going to lose a lot. Um, Atlanta safeties is a something that a lot of Buffalo fans for, for sure are following. Uh, Jesse Bates, a really good safety from Cincinnati, went to Atlanta. Four years, 64 million, 23 in year one. Um, a safety that I really like for the Bills is a potential Jordan Poyer replacement, Marcus Epps. He went to the Raiders. So the Raiders, you know, that's out for uh, for Jordan Poyer there. A couple other safeties got big deals. Um, tells his name. Vaughn, Vaughn Bell from Cincinnati. He went to Carolina. He got good money. So that market for Jordan, well, I don't want to say it's drying up because again, it's only literally Monday night, but four or five safeties off the board that got big money. I'm wondering, uh, put it this way. I don't think Jordan Poyer is coming back to Buffalo. I don't think Jordan Poyer, as much as he liked playing for the Bills and loved the football part of being a Buffalo Bill and a lot of great charity stuff, and I'll always commend him for that. Don't think he wants to be here anymore. Let's just leave it at that. You, you already know his wife doesn't want him to be here anymore. I definitely don't um, want her to be here, but I'll say that. I'll say that uh, for a different podcast. I'll just say this about Poyer, like real quick. He will go down, and I agree with you. I think he's gone. I think he's going to Miami. He can. Him and his wife can join to Santa. Him, they can join to Santa. Some the, eh, we'll see. We'll figure it out. But I'll just say this: He is since the era of free agency. I think him and Ted Washington are like the best. I use bang for the buck already, so I'm going to use it again. The best bang for your buck free agent signings when they signed them, and when you were like, "Oh, okay, it's a guy," and they became awesome. And that's how Ted Ted Washington was that way. He kind of started here and there. He wasn't really. He wasn't as good. Then he got here and he got awesome. And it was like one of those guys who I wish like the Bills had in the Super Bowls because he was just a mouth. He could kill. You couldn't run on in the middle. He would kill you. And poor. And no one really thought of him as much. And then Poyer was is that guy. So player wise, yeah. he was great. He's a warrior. And I and you know I, I I don't use that word a lot, but like he he. I wish he could. I wish the Bills would find a way to to get him back here. I I tell you, if he's healthy. I and hopefully last year, and I hope no matter where he goes, because I got nothing against him, even if it is Miami, I hope he stays healthy and I want sure. him to play well. He's a great dude, man. Um, but anyway, if he were to return to Buffalo healthy, get another run with him and hide back there, man. Dude, it's the best safety tandem in the NFL, I'm telling you. And uh depends how much it, you're gonna pay sucks. for him. It depends how much been, but it does feel like it's 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 going. It, it depends what he gets in the open market. I don't know. The only the only reason why, and again, man, by the time people are, if you're listening to this, you know, late morning on Tuesday, it might already be a done deal somewhere else. But if there was a zero percent chance of Boyer returning to Buffalo this morning on Monday morning, I would say there's a ten percent chance. Only because now, because only because Tremaine is gone, and then maybe Sean says, "Listen." I don't. I got Mike Hyde back. I don't want to lose Tremaine Edmonds and Jordan Poyer from this defense in the same offseason. So let's try to figure out a way to get sure. it done. Can I? Can I say but, one more thing? I was listening sure. to your podcast with Ty. Mm -hmm. You know, I like Ty. You're okay, I guess. And you, you, you only listen because he gave you credit. That's the only reason why. No, 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 no. But I, he, you brought up taxes to him about like New York state taxes. Yeah. And I, I, it was a good question to ask. And the paraphrase, he kind of said like, yeah, he gets that a lot from a lot of players. He the said taxes. he named chase Edmonds specifically was yes. going to be a Buffalo bill. And then he saw the taxes and he went to Miami and said, literally, that's, that's just insane to me. Like, look, I'm not, I'm not here to say like, yeah, it sucks to pay taxes, but like taxes, at least for the majority of things, they go to plows. They go to like having sidewalks, roads, things like that. 
I, I don't know where, like, I've had a couple people, a friend of mine lived in Sarasota, Florida, and he's and he used to be from Buffalo, and he talked about how, like, the taxes don't really go that far down here at all. Like, this, there's there's roads without the sidewalks, things like that. And I, and I and it's just like, well, yeah, you pay for those taxes. You don't pay, but you, you, you lose some of this that stuff. But also at the same time, who gives a shit? Like, I, like I, taxes suck. I get them taken out, but you're still a millionaire. After it's like, well, how much money do you need? I, I, and look, I'm it's all a about. Bad look. I'm all about getting paid. Look, get paid, get paid. Yeah, yeah. But like, come on. Like, you're gonna really have an issue with like, well, they're taking half my salary. You're gonna still make forty million dollars. Like, what do you need? I agree. It is when you're rich, and you know, it's easy to say that, easy to criticize. But when you're not the one who's getting millions of dollars taken away, I do understand that. But listen. When you're rich and you got fans who are saving their pennies all year to buy season tickets or to buy your jersey or whatever, and you're on Twitter or podcast bitching that you don't want to lose half your money, and as much as everyone likes to uh, blame Rachel Bush for everything, Jordan did say this himself on his own podcast. He's the one who brought up this issue about you know not wanting to pay all these taxes, and then, of course, it took on a life of its own yeah, on just, Twitter. As I said, but there's... Get a good Jordan if you're listening. Get a good accountant. Okay, they can expense things for you, so you're getting your money back. I that's what I do. They they have you know you get you get oh what's it called LLC. Get an LLC or something, dude. Like, come on. I'm sorry. Get a better accountant. That's all I'm saying. But for for what he's a great he's a great player. Sorry, he's a great player. I will miss him as much as I like like I've his 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 his. Our politics don't intertwine very well, but I can I can go past that and go like he was a hell of a player. I wish he got I wish he got paid here. You know, I, I kind of I feel bad that he's going. I, I think wish him the best, you know. When, when, when Tremaine Evans' contract details came out on Monday, I think Bill's fans were like, Yeah, man, it's just too much. I feel like when Jordan Boyer signs somewhere, whether it's today, Tuesday, whether it's Wednesday, third, later this week, whatever, it I think people are gonna much. People are going to look at that contract and be like, man, the Bills could have signed that. And at that point, I think people are going to start to understand that it was more than just the contract itself. I'm going to take a little stab here. And again, I could look like a complete idiot by Tuesday morning. But, Not uh, hard to do that, but go ahead. I think he's going to end up with the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, Dallas. Yeah, I think I, I, I think Hoyer and Bush are headed to uh, the to the great state of Texas. Oh, they want to uh, roll with Ted Cruz and uh, Abbott and those losers. <laughs> like, they're going to be joining that political trail. Can't wait for that. All right. So, so to wrap up here with Bill's stuff, uh, my takeaway right now, as of this moment, and again, I, I one other thing too, I got a couple takeaways actually. Brandon Bean, I think to his credit, I know we want to have those big impulsive buys right now. I think he wants to see what the market is. I think he wants to see some prices drop gauge the trade market some and then kind of strike you know one benefit of being a good team is you don't have to go nuts like jacksonville did last year or like chicago's doing this year and just throw money around like crazy find the right fit so i'm going to continue for now at least to give brandon bean a little bit of the benefit of the doubt look there's one position on monday that did not get touched and that was the wide receiver market i don't know if you noticed that no good wide receivers went anywhere none there's a lot of them out there too. 
So well, the, fi- again, the wide receiver class get... is not great. Uh, that, so I, I no, but a... there's there's good players, man. There's really good players. Odell Beckham Jr. is for whatever you want to say about See, him. He he would be a he hell wants, of a allegedly he wants twenty million a year. Yeah, he's I not saw. Pay. He's That's not like I'm like look, I'm all about getting paid, and I, I'm no, like after no. like Jaco- Jacoby Myers from from New England is a actually a really good receiver that I've read a lot of good things about when he's with a different team and a different fit that this kid could really excel. Got a lot of guys that are rumored to be in a trade market. DeAndre Hopkins and Jerry Judy from Denver. Point. My point was this. I'm not going to sweat because Brandon Bean didn't go nuts on, on day one. He lost a great player and he signed an adequate guard. I'm all right with it now. Now, if it gets to be Thursday, Friday, and um, Connor McGovern ends up being the most notable free agent signing, then I'm going to have some beef with Brandon because, like I said, you know, sure. think about That's now fair. and not so much two years. But here's the other big takeaway. I think at this point, the Bills have had one of the best defenses in the NFL the last couple of years. I think right now, today, I think the Bills got more questions than answers when it comes to their defense. You got your Jermaine, Jermaine Evans is gone. He's been a rock in the middle. Um, Jordan Poyer, very soon to be gone. Maybe by the time people are listening to this. Who knows if Trey White's ever going to be the Trey White, the All-Pro before the ACL. Who knows when Vaughn Miller is going to be back and if he's still going to be as great as he looked last year at 34 years old. Those defensive end rotational guys, Epines and Boogie them, they've been like, nah. you know, Ed Oliver is clearly worried about money. He wants to get paid. Yeah, what happened? I was, I'm not, tw- so what happened? He, he had a deleted tweet or something. He had a tweet I- saying something about either money. I don't know what it was, but he was threatening to walk, you know, give me my money or I'm going to walk or some shit like that. And then he deleted it right away. The Buffalo News, I think somebody got a screenshot. And they were in it to be oh, fair. Geez. That is a story. Well, that's a story, but anyway, no, 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 no. Is, I mean, like, oh, geez, like him saying right. that. Like, my like, point is this bro. he's going into his fifth year, he's making $10.9 million this coming season. He had two and a half sacks last year, and he's a free agent to be who's clearly worried about money. Micah you Hyde, hate, I love hate, Micah. You hate, you hate Ed Oliver. I don't you hate Ed Oliver. It, you hate I, him. He's just, just he's like you hate the, running, the linebacker that that's going to start next year for them. No, that's, that's on your hate that's list. Not, that's, I I don't hate Ed Oliver. I just he has not shown me anything to to prove that he's a sixteen to seventeen million dollar a year defensive tackle like some of these guys are getting in the open market right now. And then last but not least, I love Micah. I love him, but he didn't play last year. Who knows what he's got left? You know what I'm saying? So you look at this defense, all these big names. To me, they got a lot lot more questions than answers right now. Yeah, I think it's I I think this is a transition year for the defense. I talked to you before in the, a few different podcasts about how when you have a really good defense, it's hard to keep that great defense together, you know. And there's a lot of examples over history of like the you know Seattle Legion of Boom guys like like they were good for like four or five years and then they just psh, it was done. Like injuries caught up, free agency, all that. It's harder to keep a defense together than it is to keep a good offense together. And I think we're seeing that right now. I think they're. It's going to be a little bit – it's going to be a transition year, and I hope it's by design because they're like, okay, you know what? We got to stop with this defense and building it because a great defense is going to get torched by a great offense, and now let's build that offense. And that's what I'm hoping. This is by design and not because, oh, we can't afford people and we got to save money for the Gabe Davis extension or something like that. Uh, you know, this is this is where they have to really uh, – it's, it's, yeah. it's, it could be a good thing. The transition they're going into for defense if they're if they're putting more assets into the offense. Now that's look, what we they, need. they could go and sign Tuesday here, Bobby Wagner, and then all of a sudden you're like, man, he's right now for the short term, he's just every bit as good as Edmonds. 
And then you're not really talking about the defense being retooled or revamped. If I can look into my crystal ball, I could see it already, and I don't like it, and it's not fair because it was never going to happen, but I can see a lot of Bills fans being like, man, I really, really wish that we kept Ryan Dable and he let, promoted him the head coach and let Sean walk. You know that's coming. You uh, know. We'll if this see. offense, if, if, it's, if this defense takes a big step back and the offense doesn't improve, you know, against good teams. I don't know. It's just something I foresee. I hope not. Because I'll say this. I'll say this. Who, say who this. Gonna, you don't fire Sean McDermott after what? Yeah, you done. don't. But I'm going to say this. I haven't been on your podcast since the Leslie Frazier thing happened. There's going to be a lot of pressure on McDermott since he, allegedly it's been reported he's calling the defense next year. Because now we get to, it's none of this like we weren't sure if Leslie Frazier's defense was Sean McDermott's defense or was all his defense or like I I think I think of Sean McDermott as a micromanager and I think. You know, if he wanted Leslie Frazier to be more aggressive in calls, he would have walked into his office and go, you need to call more aggressive plays, stunts, things like that. Like, it was not, like, full autonomy. Like, hey, buddy, have fun. You do the defense, and I'll sit here and and clap all day. Like, he definitely was involved. Now there is no Leslie Frazier. This is Sean McDermott's defense. We're going to see how good he – like, there is no – he doesn't have Leslie Frazier as a shield because I think – when the defense had their moments of collapsing, I think it was very. I th- I don't. I'm going to throw an overarching like position. I thought Frazier would get the blame more for the defense having shortcomings than McDermott did. And now, and I don't know if that was fair or not because, as I said, I think McDermott is in those meetings. He can have a say in it. He is a defensive, or you know, guy. Now next year, it's going to be all him. So if the defense falls a few octaves down. He better hope that the offense is kicking ass and like scoring 30, 40 a game because I think that's when you're going to start saying, well, is he, what, what is this defensive guru? Like, that's what we hired him for. And you know, I'm, sure, I'm sure he'll get twisted and like, well, he's a good leader and all this shit and fine, whatever. But like, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. Like, to your point about Dable, where he, like, we're going to see, like, you know, the defensive line is, is the same pretty much next year. You know, There's, like in terms, like in terms of like the same people. So let's see if he's gonna dial it up. Because in Carolina, they had a lot of sacks. I remember I had the stat where, like, from like 2013 to 2016, they had the most sacks in the league. And you and I love sacks. Hasn't been the case here in Buffalo. So we're gonna see. Like, maybe he's gonna come in and he's gonna dial up more defenses and be more aggressive. We'll see. But I, you know, I, I have a, I have a hard time believing that he did not have a say. In Leslie Frazier's defense, I just, well, I just do course, not believe that. Of, of, of course, he did. He's there. Yeah. There is going to be a lot of pressure on him. In fairness to him, he's probably going to be down two pro, two Pro Bowl defenders from from with Jordan Boyer and and Tremaine Edmonds. But look, yeah. we'll draft look, and develop you some care. people. Well, look, Bernard man, sitting on the just, bench doing nothing. There's going to be develop pro, there's going to be pressure. Period. I don't care if the defense is number one in the NFL or number thirty two in the NFL. If the Bills only get to the divisional round and and collapse and get beat bad again like they have last year or or gagged away like they did two years ago. Look, the seat's going to at least be warm with uh, with Sean McDermott. Anyway, listen, we got to get out of here. But before that, I, I said this at the beginning of the show on a, on a very serious note here. Um, On Sunday, and I haven't talked about this on the podcast or really much on social media either, but my sister's husband, Mark, passed away. Um, he had a heart attack, 57 years old. This is, and they lived in Virginia. And this was last week. And uh, 
this past weekend, his ashes were, they had a, a, a funeral in, in Buffalo here on Sunday. And, you know, I sit here and blah, 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 all the time, talk and talk. And it just feels like second nature. Public speaking is not for everybody. Anyway, so at the funeral, my, my sister wrote down some beautiful words and my sister is not even 50 years old and has already lost a husband and many years ago, a son. So not even 50 years old, man. She's buried a son and now a husband. I can't imagine. I just, I, I can't even imagine it. So anyway, Sunday at the funeral, you know, there's, it's not a big funeral, maybe 30, 40 people are there. And, uh, the person who runs it asks, she comes up and speaks and she has something written down and uh, literally shaking, physically shaking, shivering. Again, probably would be shaking and shivering if it was on the most joyous of occasion because she just doesn't do public speaking. It can be very scary. And I'll imagine that feeling and having to memorialize your husband in front of everybody. And I got to tell you, man, it was one of the hardest things I've ever seen in my entire life. 51 years. I've never seen someone look so helpless, sad, and it was just very difficult. And she got through it somehow. I mean, at some point you can see she's like, literally, I, I got up and I would just sat and stand next to her and just. You know, I was rubbing her back and her shoulders saying, you know, you're doing good. You're trying to be encouraging. I give her all the credit in the world. She did somehow get through it. But um, I really don't have a message with this. It's just you see somebody that you love and that you care about struggle and be vulnerable. You know, you hear that word vulnerable thrown out all the time. I've never seen somebody. In my, I've never seen somebody's. I've seen people hurt like that. I've never seen someone more vulnerable than that moment, man. And it's just. You're listening to this, you're watching this, man, sibling, a best friend, a parent, whoever, man, don't take shit for granted because it's not, by the way, your husband too, I should throw this out there. And this happens every day, unfortunately, every family, you know, it's nothing unique, but he was, I don't say he was healthy, but he, he was, uh, it was sudden, you know, it wasn't, he wasn't sick in the hospital dying and, you know, you don't have an opportunity when you wake up and you know, your husband's on the couch at our attack and he's dead, you know, it just, it's awful. And I just, my sister's watching this. I, I, I love you very much. And, um, yeah, it was just, it, it was hell, man. It, it was really hard to watch her have to go through that, but she, she did it, man. She pulled through. It was, it was really cool. So anyway, sorry, I just I'm wanted, sorry for her loss, Pat. Yeah, man, it blows, man. It really sorry, does. Man. But anyway, um, you know, thanks for letting me get off that chest. And, uh, by the way, on a happier note, I am going to Florida freaking I'm doing a show with Aaron Quinn. So taping it Tuesday night, it'll be dropping Wednesday morning. Then my ass is heading to Florida for five days. I cannot wait. I'm excited about it. Hopefully the weather cooperates. No live show this weekend, Imperial pizza, but I will be back with the new one. Uh, Did Aaron Quinn light a candle well. for Tremaine Edmonds leaving? I know he was always his biggest fan. Did he, <laughs> like, did he light a candle? Did he like pour a 40 out in his honor and go, I'm going to miss you blue. <laughs> I will ask, I will ask Aaron Quinn on our yes. uh, taping uh, tomorrow night. All right. From Joe for Queens. I'm Pat Moran. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, 